This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time. Time for Silver and Black today. To the ground game. Touchdown Las Vegas. We're breaking down the latest Raider news from on and off the field. And bringing you conversations with newsmakers and record breakers. So hold on, Raider Nation. It's time to get get it it on. Here's your host, Scott Goldbranson and Mo Moulton. Happy Thanksgiving, Raider Nation. Welcome back to Silver and Black Today, an Odyssey original podcast. I am Scott Branson, your host, and we're going to get into the show. But first, I just want to wish all of you uh, and your loved ones, your family, your friends, uh, the most blessed and happy Thanksgiving that you can have. I'm sure it'll be full of food and football, family and friends and please enjoy it. And we certainly are thankful for you in our lives and uh, for your support of Silver and Black today. And that comes from myself and also my co-host, Mo Moten, who, by the way, uh, we we still got to lift him up uh, in our thoughts and prayers because uh, he was getting better and then got hit with something else. So he lost his voice. Yes, it was something to do with fighting with fans over Derek Carr's future with the Raiders. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, But he lost his voice. He was going to be on today. He was all excited to get back because it's been several weeks, but uh, he needs some more time. So we're giving him the weekend to shut it down so that he can get back with us next week. Uh, But we have a great, great uh, friend of ours sitting in for him today and co-hosting with me here on Silver and Black today. And that, of course, is my good friend Mario Tovar of the RaiderRamble.com. If you don't already read the Raider Ramble, make sure you do. Him and the staff over there do a great job. He is the founder and runs the site. Also, you can catch his work on Just Blog Baby, a bunch of other spots. Mario uh, does great, great stuff, and we welcome him now. By the way, his follow him on Twitter. We have on the screen, if you're watching us on YouTube, uh, I made a mistake. I'm already in holiday brain. Uh, it's underscore at underscore Mario Tovar, T-O-V-A-R. Uh, on the screen, it doesn't have the underscore, but that's what it is. So I just want to make sure uh, that we get it. Mario, man, thanks for sitting in for Mo. We certainly appreciate it and look forward to talking to you today. 
Oh, you know Back what? On. It would be help if I turned up his audio. There you go, Mario. Now you're there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You're already in holiday mode. I can oh, tell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, hey, look, I'm no more modem, but he's a great <laughs> friend, a good colleague, but I'll, I'll try my best. Oh, you'll do great. I know we're going to have uh, lots to talk about here as we head into a great day today. Of course, Thanksgiving. I don't know about you guys, but it's my favorite holiday, Mario, not just because of what it surrounds. I mean, yes, Christmas is about family, too, but uh, Thanksgiving to me has always been special. It's my birthday weekend, my birthday tomorrow. You get to be my age. You don't like to talk about the years, but nonetheless, it's my birthday. And so I'm always happy around this time of the year because uh, family's home, college kids come home, the whole deal. Um, but also, it's a football fiesta, right? We get to watch football all day long. The NFL expanded, of course, a few years ago and uh, all of that. But I have to ask you, what, do you guys have any special uh, traditions? You know, I'm married into a Latino family, so my wife is Cuban. And so we integrate some of that into some of the food and the traditions into our American Thanksgiving. But tell us about you. What do you guys do? You guys do anything special that you uh, that really means a lot to you? Well, first of all, I had no idea your wife is Cuban, so I can only oh, yeah. imagine your holiday cuisine. <laughs> but as far as my family, yeah, we definitely have our traditions. Uh, coming from a Hispanic family, Mexican-American, uh, the 24th is, is a very big deal. You know, mm -hmm. it's a very special day to spend with family and things like that. With Thanksgiving, I have my own tradition of spending the day watching football with my dad, you know, things like that. Yeah. No, that's awesome. That's what it's all about. And and it gets it gets fun uh, this time of the year too. The games start to mean more, and the Raiders mm -hmm. have had an opportunity to play on Thanksgiving, which is always a special one. Uh, but in some ways, I think it's better because then if your team loses on Thanksgiving, you're like, ah, uh, you know, it's such a great day, and then you have to watch your team lose. But unfortunately, uh, or fortunately, uh, you don't have to do that this year. All right, well, let's jump in. Plenty of news going on, Mario, this week. But I wanted to really start with. Um, the Raiders, where they're at. And specifically in this first segment, we're going to focus on what has been an amazing bright spot. We all had this assumption that it would be when the trade went down for Devontae Adams. Uh, the Raiders gave up a lot, draft capital, but he came over 26 in the last three games. Ready for this, Mario? 26 catches, 413 yards, five touchdowns. This guy is proving everything that you want to know that he's the best receiver in football to me. He has just been on a tear. He has taken that team uh, and given them the opportunity to score and, and just done an amazing job. Talk about, from your perspective, the kind of season that Devontae Adams had, despite some of the dysfunction we've seen with the Raiders. I think what everybody loves about Devontae is he knows he's the best. You know what I mean? But at the, at the same time, the way he carries himself. You know, yeah. I, I wrote a piece earlier this week about uh, reminiscing about his interview on The Pivot, where he basically just broke down how he dissects everything at the line of scrimmage. And it really is just a thing of beauty. You know, this Sunday was just another example of what he did to Pat Sertain, too, you know, who is <laughs> on his way to becoming one of the best, you know, cornerbacks in the league. Arguably, he's already one of the best. But, man, he just schooled him, you know. And it's just one of those things where – He's just a whole nother level. You know, that's why I aptly named my article, you know, he's playing chess and cornerbacks are out there playing checkers, <laughs> you know, and, and even coach McDaniels alluded to that too recently, you know, it's just, it's the mental aspect, the psychological aspect that just makes him 
just a beast, you know, he's just on a whole nother level. You know, some people say, well, he's not the fastest, he's not the biggest, but what he does do is, like I said, he does his damage at the line of scrimmage, the mental aspect, you know, the way he just goes around these guys. It's, it's something, it's a sight to behold. Um, I, I can't recall, it's been a long time since the Raiders had a wide receiver of this level. Yeah. You know, they've had some good ones the last over 20 years, of course, they've had some good ones, but Devontae's just on a whole nother level, you know? And I think what's actually scary too is that even Carr admitted right after the game, their whole chemistry, you know, all that stuff, it's still a work in progress. You know, yeah. that's what's really scary, you know what I mean? So yeah. definitely something to keep an eye on moving forward. Yeah, and I, I talked about it on yesterday's mailbag show, uh, Mario, which was the the idea that I see. And I know, you know, I it's been a really interesting week engaging with Raider Nation on on social media because there's some people who are still really, really angry and they want this team to lose so they can get a top two draft pick, which I, I don't understand. But nonetheless, they, they don't want to find any good in anything. And I guess there's a certain percentage of society that that's that, that way about everything nowadays. I don't care if it's politics. I don't care if it's entertainment uh, or if it's football. That's how they end up doing it. Yeah. But but to me, you know, I look at that and I say I was talking about the trust issue. And that's why I said I think this team has turned a big corner. I'm not saying the team turned a big corner and now they're a championship team. That's not what I'm saying. Or even that they're going to make the playoffs this year because they're not, in my view. But what, I, what I'm talking about was is just what you referenced about Carr talking about Adams and their connection and that rhythm and that trust. I think it comes back to a trust. And it's not – trust can be misconstrued, but I think the trusting of not only the process of the system that they're playing in now, which is a big one, but number two is trusting one another that you know how things are going to go in the flow of a game. And to me, that's what we heard and saw, to your point – is that these guys are developing that trust, but fans have to understand, I don't care that they played in college together. It takes time at the pro level. Oh, exactly. And even Carr is pretty uh, cognizant of that because mm -hmm. in that same statement, he did say, hey, you know, people have to keep in mind, we haven't played in more than a decade together, you know, since yeah. their days of Fernando State. It's not this automatic, you know, but at the same time, you do see glimpses of that. There is that trust. Uh, clearly, there's a different trust that Carr has in Adams that he doesn't have in some of these other guys, which was to be expected. You know, I think we all talked about that prior to the season. You know, we didn't expect maybe some of the other guys falling off, you know, but <laughs> certainly we knew that we knew that he was going to get the bulk of the targets, you know, what's kind of crazy too is what he said right after the game. I'm not sure if you caught that where he said that he feels like Adams is pretty much open on every play. But yeah. because of the, the way the offense is dictated, he, he quote-unquote has to get it to other guys. I thought that was pretty interesting. I mean, maybe yeah. in the grand scheme of things, it's not that big of a deal because we mm -hmm. know, you know, McDaniel's offense. We've seen the screen passes. We've seen the way he tries to get other guys. Like, like on Sunday, it was Q and Cole. I'm sure a lot of fans were frustrated by that, you know, but that yeah. is part of the offense. You know, he's not going to throw it to Devontae on every single play. You know, no, you that's can't. That's just one of those things. Yeah. You can't. And, 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 and the important thing, too, I, I, and, and you touched on it there as well, is that that trust, I, I saw a breakthrough, and I think you wrote about it or you, maybe you tweeted about it or someone on your staff wrote about the fact that, you know, Josh McDaniels, I've been saying it, I have not been a fan. I've been very critical of how he's play called and, and how he's managed a game because I think it's been very poor at times, and that's why the Raiders are where they are partly. But the fourth quarter, I thought, was his best quarter of the season as a coach. If you look at the play calling, what they did, including the last play, which was a great play, 
Uh, and I want to play Devontae Adams here. I have a clip. I played it a couple days ago, but I want to play it again because it gets to also two things here. One is play design, calling the right play at the right time, but also having a receiver like Devontae Adams, who's so good at the line of scrimmage, who can read the defense and understand what's happening. And so let's play that clip now from Devontae Adams. This was after the game, but relevant to the conversation. Here you go. Um, just, just selling. I mean, a lot of route running is really just about, um, you know, the sameness within each route. You know, if they see something that was very similar. Um, so I try to give a look that basically, um, you know, that's why he ended up diving over the top the way that he did. He thought he was on top of the, you know, he thought he had a, a jump on it basically. And, uh, you know, based off of what I'd seen earlier, I mentioned the coach, I think we could be able to do this and, you know, um, you know, obviously not force anything, but if, if it presents itself, we, we'd have a home run and, Sure enough, as soon as I go inside, he, he starts, you know, flying over the top. And um, as soon as I saw him go, I just said, please, God, give that man some time back there. A little, little bit of time. I don't need much right now, but a little bit of time. And as soon as I looked, I saw the ball go. Yep. So there you go, Devontae Adams. And I played that, Mario, because you talk about – he tells the story there, right? You get insight into what's happening on the sideline. Devonte Adams went to his head coach and his play caller, uh, uh, Josh McDaniels, and said, hey, this is what I'm seeing. Josh McDaniels, I think for one of the first times all season, consistently, obviously was listening to what his players, and somebody like Devonte Adams, who's, like you said, is amazing at reading the defense from the line of scrimmage, told him, hey, if you do this. And so they adjusted the play, they changed the play call, and they ran it throughout the game to get the defense to bite, and then it worked in the end. So you have receiver... And you have coach in tandem trusting one another and going with what they see based on what happened in the game. Now, to me, that's a breakthrough. Now, it might have happened on other plays this year, and we just didn't notice or didn't see it. But to me, for them to verbalize it to Mario is a big deal. What up, y'all? It's your boy Danny Green, three-time NBA champ. You either rooted for me or rooted against me. Join myself and my co-host Harrison Sanford on the Inside the Green Room podcast. It's a podcast that brings you never-before-told tales from the locker room to candid interviews with basketball legends to breakdowns of what's happening in the NBA right now. Whether you're a diehard fan or casual about your hoops, this podcast brings you the game like never before. Follow Inside the Green Room on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Well, I think there's two parts too, like you said. The first part is the mental aspect, which we already touched on. You know, he was taking mental notes throughout the game, you know, and that's why he went to McDaniels. But I think it also, the second part, it shows maybe more trust on the part of McDaniels and willing mm -hmm. to adjust, willing to make uh, changes on the fly. You know, all last week prior to the game, the national media just harped on this whole thing that the players didn't trust him and nobody right. believes in him, nobody's buying into him. Judging from what went down in the fourth quarter, especially there at the end, and then the reaction from the players too, you know, with the speech and like their reaction to everything, it it definitely just seems like I think it goes to your point that I think they have turned a corner. Um, it doesn't mean they're playoff contenders or anything like that, <laughs> but it still is very much uh, a positive trend. You know, it shows that maybe they have turned the corner. Maybe they do understand, hey, let's trust in each other. You know, McDaniels is willing to remove maybe the ego or maybe some sort of stubbornness or something to, you know, maybe he's, like you said, maybe just developing more trust, you know, and willing to make those adjustments. Uh, maybe earlier in the year, he wasn't, you know, maybe in, earlier in the year, he had his game plan and he was sticking to it, 
you know, which yeah. he received a lot of criticism for because you saw sometimes his inability to make adjustments, especially in the second half. You know, oh, that yeah. was, that's pretty much what cost the Raiders so many games, you know, was the inability to make adjustments in the second half. So maybe this is him turning the corner, both, you know, on both ends, McDaniels and the team. Yeah, no, great points. And 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 that's what I, I was, I was having a conversation with somebody the other day and, and talking about the Raiders and, well, the offense, you know, they just shut down and the offense hasn't played well, but I do believe to the point you just made at the end of your statement there, which is a lot of that was because they didn't adjust on offense. I mean, you can have players on offense and who play well, but if you're executing plays and, and they're not working, but yet you still have to do them, eh, it doesn't help. So, so I think the blame, and again, it, it was nice this week for the Raiders to win because the blame game and blaming everybody, you know, there's, there's camps, as you know, People blame certain, yeah. whether it's the quarterback, it's the coach, it's the owner, the GM, whoever. And people just want to blame everything on anybody when in actuality, it was a multi-level failure. And so you see what happens when they get it together on one. But a couple other things on Devontae Adams before we head to our first break, Mario. Three career uh, overtime touchdowns now ties him with the Chargers, LaDainian Tomlinson, for the most by a player in overtime since they started doing that in 1974. That's pretty remarkable. Also, his 13th career game of 100 yards and two touchdown receptions. Also, just the sixth player in NFL history with six or more seasons with 10-plus touchdown. He joined some guys you may have heard of with the last names of Rice, uh, uh, Moss, Owens, and Chris Carter, uh, all those guys are in the Hall of Fame, right? If I believe so, yeah. um, you you look at what he's doing on this field, and I know I've been preaching Mario, and you've been seeing it. I think on social media, telling people you got to find something positive when you have a year like this. I'm not saying be happy with losing. I'm saying you got to find positives. And Devonte Adams, you have to be enjoying and relish the kind of season he's having, at least individually. And when he does help the team, clearly, uh, like he did on Sunday in Denver, it's a great thing to watch. Oh, yeah, for sure. And that was my original point earlier, too, back to that, is that the Raiders have had some great, uh, some good receivers in the last 20 years. There's no doubt about that. You know, we can definitely name a bunch. But Devontae is just on a whole nother level. You know, and he's definitely one of the few bright spots i know at three and seven there's probably not that much you know <laughs> positive i know a lot of raider fans on social media are harping on that but when you look at Devonte and you look at josh uh josh jacobs i'm sorry and max crosby there's definitely and as much as some people would disagree even Derek carr you know to a, mm-hmm. to a certain point is having a great year too so it's just one of those things uh when it's three and seven you just said it the blame game just goes all around i think this win was just very important. I wrote in a couple of my pieces this week that I used the line, they stopped the bleeding, which was exactly yes. what was happening. You know, I mean, it was getting ridiculous. It was getting to a point where people were saying, uh, owner Mark Davis couldn't afford to fire McCann's. I mean, it was getting all kinds of crazy, you know? And, yes. and there's one thing that I've learned being either a, a writer or a fan for the last 20 years is that when the Raiders are down, they're a very easy team to kick when they're sure. down. I mean, everyone just piles on. And, you know, those last few years, for example, when Al Davis was alive, they were a doormat. You know, they were just easy pickings. And when the team starts at two and seven, they were easy pickings, you know. So right. sometimes you just have to sit back and enjoy some of the positives. And Devontae by far is, you know, one of the biggest positives this year. 
No question. And, and you're right, 25 years. Um, and so it's easy for uh, the national media and for other fan bases and stuff to t- to pick on the Raiders because it's been so easy to do that for so long. Our own, certainly, their own fan base picks on them. <laughs> and their own fan base, yes. And a lot of those yeah. fans, and, and, and Mario, I know you're young too. Like, So I, I was alive when they won a Super Bowl and I remember watching the game and all that kind of stuff. But But a lot of fans aren't, right? So if you're in your 20s, or early thirties, even you remember one or two really good seasons and that's about it. So, so I think people, it, it's, it's a disguised desire for your team to win. You just want them to win. And when they don't, you get really emotional, upset that they don't. So I, I totally understand it. But to your point, I think Derek Carr was for the first time comfortable throughout the game, even though the third quarter, they didn't score points. Uh, it certainly showed a different Derek Carr, one that reminded me more of last season uh, so that's that's good news for this team, despite the people who want Derek Carr to be gone, including me, who said I thought there was a good chance it could happen. I didn't. I'm not. Mm-hmm. I'm not a hater. I just look at things mm-hmm. objectively. And Mo and I disagree on whether he'll be back next year. But uh, we'll, we'll, when he gets back and has a voice, I can yell at him for it. So anyway, but we're gonna take <laughs> our first break. And Mario brought up the subject of our next segment when we come back, which is. Max Crosby. This guy is playing out of his head and carrying the Raiders' entire defense, whether you like the Raiders' defense uh, and all their problems or not. The reality is Max Crosby, another positive uh, point that you should look at if you're Raider Nation in the midst of a season that has been disappointing. We come back. We will talk about that. You're with Mario and Scott here on Silver and Black today and Odyssey Original Podcast. Don't go anywhere. 